Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia Ogata. Welcome back to the FemiPod for episode number 21. We are so appreciative of everybody that's been listening to the pods so far and we've got some pretty exciting episodes coming up. So stay with us. Today we are going to be talking about gender equity and gender equality experiences that we have had in sport and how those experiences affected us. But before we get into things, I've of course got the amazing Est Keon with me. How are you Est? How's the week been? How's your relationship with running going at the moment? Yeah, been really good. Thanks. I um, I'm excited because my sister is here from Perth, and I hadn't seen her in a long time, like a year. And she also had a baby while she's been gone, so I got to meet my nephew, and he's so cute. So that was that's like the highlight of my week. Oh, and I also got a dog. Uh So (laughs) told you that I'm on a mission to create a sanctuary. So this is the beginning, (laughs) animal sanctuary or rescue. So yeah, Sunny, I got Sunny, and he's so cute. He's like the best dog. Uh, No offense if anyone else has a dog, so I'm sure we all say the same thing. (laughs) Uh, uh, But yeah, he's really really cute. And then apart from that, running's been good. I I decided not to run nationals and pulled out probably like a week ago, week or two. I just have had a few races where uh, things just haven't gone well and it's playing with my mental health. I could just feel like I'm a little bit more anxious than I am enjoying it sometimes. So yeah, I think just for my own mind, I needed to just take a break, but uh, yeah, running's going good. I will definitely have a break soon I just uh, potentially might do one more race we'll see how we go so I uh, am just training at the moment as if I am still going to do a race in near the end of March Uh, and apart from that just enjoying spending time with my fam but my relationship with running is still I love running it's just I didn't want to do any more track because yeah I wasn't having as much fun as I should when that's the main reason I do running is to have fun so yeah that's where I am. And where are you at, Liz, with your relationship? Have you picked a race yet or are you still just <laughs> training and seeing what's happening? You don't even have to race, but. Yeah, I think I'm in a very similar position where I just want to be having fun and enjoying myself. So I am, I'm just running. I wake up and I assess how my mental health is and how my physical health is each day. And then I decide what I want to do that day. So I have a bit of structure throughout the week and I try to periodize the training. So I'm getting enough rest and recovery, but um, I'm just running and enjoying it and running with other people. And I definitely have hopes to race, hopefully a marathon, um, by the end of the year, like another marathon, hopefully in the back end of the year is the plan. But at this stage, I am just enjoying it. I have a pretty big couple of months coming up with travel and with work. So just trying to prioritize like what is the most important thing right now and like what can running do to support that. And at the moment, it is just running to stay fit, healthy, mentally healthy and uh, just connect with other people. So it's been cool. I've been in Melbourne uh, for a week or so now and it's been nice to get back amongst the community down here. I am a little bit sick, so I'm sorry um, for sounding a little bit nasally. (laughs) I don't have COVID. I've done three COVID tests. They've all been negative. I think I'm just a little bit blocked up at the moment, but I'm okay. So yeah, 
everything is is going well. I am excited to see people like nationals this weekend and I've really enjoyed watching other people race and I think coming off the back of Simone's podcast last week around support for other women it's definitely been something I've been thinking about and like getting excited by to like support other people and um, we've got the incredible Lucy Bartholomew, one of our family coaches, um, she is in training for her uh, Western States race, which is a massive trail race happening over in America in June. So I want to be that support person for her. And I've like really enjoyed kind of like giving back to the sport and giving back to amazing women like Lucy to be able to help build her up as an athlete and get her as mentally and physically prepared for her races so I don't know I think I've just been really enjoying that side of the sport which I think coming off a few years of quite like serious training and racing it's been nice to step away from it for a little while but yeah that's where I'm at love that can't wait to see you guys go to America and western states and watch Lucy smash it's going to be so cool yeah, I can't wait. It's a whole different world, the trail running world to like athletics and track and field, especially. So it's really cool to, um, I wouldn't say I'm deep in it, but just to get a taste of what that world's like. It's it's cool. Definitely. So uh, for those who don't know, it is International Women's Day on the 8th of March, which is next week. So if you don't know, now you know, and now you can get prepared to support and celebrate women um, all over the world. But in saying that, we shouldn't just have one day of the year, obviously, celebrating and supporting women. We should be supporting men, women, and non-binary people every single day. But we are really excited for March the 8th that we have a few exciting things coming up at FEMI. And I guess that brings on today's conversation around gender equality and gender equity and how that, I guess, has shaped who we are and the um, impact it's had on us as young girls growing up as athletes and moving on into our careers and how uh, gender inequality has impacted us. So is, should we just jump in right from the start? Like, what is your first memory or first memories of um, noticing the gender imbalances as a young girl? Yeah, I reckon like the first one that I can remember is back when I used to do cross country at primary school and they used to split us up between uh, boys and girls and I used to want to race the boys, but I wasn't allowed. Uh, And to be honest, back then, you know, before we go through puberty and men go through puberty, you know, we are kind of closer in speed and, and pace. So I was like, bit gutted I was like oh well why can't I race those boys I might be able to beat them uh but no it was just a no uh which I think you know was sad for a young girl to automatically be told no uh just because I am a girl and he's a boy so that was probably like the first time I ever noticed it especially in sport and then obviously as you get older it just continues that way uh which I guess I'm grateful for now because I don't think I would want to compete against a man (laughs) (laughs) Like, let's be real. We don't have as much testosterone and that makes it a little bit harder. So, yeah, that's probably like my first memory. Do you have many? Yeah, like I definitely remember growing up, I was, I guess, pushed. I wouldn't say pushed, but encouraged to do quite like feminine. I say feminine, which I I don't think there is a gender type that has to um, fall into a bucket of these sorts of sports. But I was definitely pushed towards doing more you know, ballet, I did ballet for 10 years. I did gymnastics. It's interesting now looking back on it, that I was in a sport and surrounded by girls, you know, like I think out of the ballet school I attended, there would have been hundreds of girls. Um, And I think I only remember one boy actually being at that school. And it's pretty crazy that um, just because we are girls, that that's the kind of sports we do get encouraged to do. And in saying,
saying that I think I was obsessed with sport and I was obsessed with competing and I would have loved to play any sport out there, but I was very interested in things like, I remember we played scrag a lot, which was kind of like the step before you started playing rugby when we were kids. And I loved fishing. I loved skating. I was kind of like interested in a lot of sports that probably were seen as quite male dominated sports, but I was definitely like in the bucket of doing quite girly sports. And I loved ballet. Like I genuinely really loved it. But um, I think I would have just loved just as much to do other sports that were probably more based around being a boy as well. So I don't know. I think when I was like at ballet, I was seen as this very like girly girl. And then I'd step out of my dancing world and I'd go fishing with my dad and I'd go skating with my best friend Gemma and And then I was seen as like a tomboy almost. So it's these gender pillars that I kind of like, you had to fall into one or the other. There was like kind of like no way in between. And I guess that kind of made me feel like I couldn't be completely 100% myself as a young kid because I had to either be a girly girl or a tomboy, but I liked kind of doing everything. I I really like probably didn't, wasn't consciously aware of it when I was a young girl but now I think look back and I'm like why did it have to be that way and then yeah when we started going into our like um early pubescent years and going into like becoming a teenager getting put into these competitive environments that were based on which gender you were and knowing that we're always going to be just racing females and understanding that yeah like men when they go through puberty, you know, they have testosterone, they get stronger. And unfortunately that's just a physiological thing that we don't have control over. So um, yeah, I think as a young girl, that was probably one of my first like sort of experiences with figuring out that I am a girl. And I guess this is kind of what society expected of me because I'm a girly girl. I do ballet and I do gymnastics and I, you know, need to present myself well. And there was a lot of pressure as a young girl growing up. I think there's a lot of pressure on all of us, but um, that definitely came through, I guess, the sporting world that we're involved in as well. Yeah, definitely. And like what you were saying, you know, you really liked skating and you really liked, you know, sports that were probably back then considered more masculine sports, but hoping that it is changing, but those pillars mean that you potentially wouldn't have pursued that sport you know, because you're a little bit less comfortable there. There's not as many girls involved and maybe you're like, well, I should just do a girly sport. And I think, you know, it is definitely changing and we're seeing like a lot of uh, girls playing, you know, a lot of young girls playing rugby and they're really damn good at it. And I think it's really cool. But back when we were growing up, it was definitely like, this is a boy's sport, this is a girl's sport. And it's sad because we might've been really good at something else that we never would have even considered becoming involved with or had the opportunity to become involved with because either parents said so or teachers said so which yeah is not I know cool. I, I remember I would have probably been about 10 years old and I suggested to my mum that I wanted to play cricket and I think back then it was traditionally seen as quite a masculine sport but I don't think it is at all now like obviously every gender plays and anybody can play cricket but I think back then my mum definitely discouraged me from playing a because it is a dangerous sport and if you play cricket you you um, are very brave because those balls move very fast but it was definitely something my mum steered me away from and probably preferred to see me in my ballet shoes than you know throwing or catching a cricket ball. I can see you being a fast bowler Oh, thank you. You know, like you've got that power. You'd be really good. But, you know, 
you found your found your love with running anyway, which is cool. But yeah, you may have been an epic cricketer. We we shall never know. <laughs> uh, so we want to talk a little bit more about those gender inequalities in sports and in particular a- athletics. And I think I'm just going to start off by reading a quote. This quote comes from a book called Game On, um, The Unstoppable Rise of Women's Sport by a lady called Sue Anstis. Um, and we'll put this note in the show notes because it's an incredible book. And I think a lot of you will learn a lot about it, especially people who I guess maybe don't know so much about the history behind sport and women's sport. Um, but this is a quote from a man called Steve Davis in the Sunday Standard in 1981. It's not women's bodies that are the problem. It's their minds. They just don't seem to concentrate as well as men, which is why they'll never break into the male preserve of championship snooker. Admittedly, their shape doesn't help. Big breasts can make the game very awkward, but it is the lack of mental control which finally prevents them becoming top class. Which really (laughs) makes me laugh, but also makes me angry. That's, you know, that was the, I guess, ideas around women in sport, you know, back then. And unfortunately, there's still ideas around women in sport today that are similar to what, um, our friend Steve um, was talking about. So I guess that just highlights like the uneducated opinions of people who have no idea how incredible women are, firstly, um, and not just physically, but um, mentally, which blows my mind that he really thought that it was actually a lack of um, mental strength that was going to impact women playing snooker. So... (laughs) I think like the system for women has been broken for so many years. I think there's so many um, opportunities that women have missed out on when it comes to sport and some, I guess, highlighting some sports that um, show the biggest disparity between men and women is, uh, we'll, we'll list off a few, but these are just examples. Basketball is incredibly unequal when it comes to the gender pay gap. I know if you are playing in the NBA in America, your average salary as a man is $5 million and your average salary as a woman is $60,000. So that's just like disgusting. What other sports um, do you think kind of fall into that sort of bucket? I know tennis and golf are really bad and like the opportunities there are so much less. Uh, I think like people make excuses. Like I've, I've seen posts about this sort of thing on Instagram and I really love reading the comments because I love to see people's excuses for why these things exist and it always comes down to oh they've got more sponsors oh they've got more views uh, they've got more fans and I'm like well obviously they were allowed to play sport for so much longer than women so they've got a huge backing they've got this huge head start sponsors have gone to them because uh, they are the most viewed but it's just not just a matter of that. We need to look at the whole system and like give women a leg up by getting more sponsorships involved and like really going after that sponsorship for women. And then also like those sporting bodies taking a stance on unequal pay. But anyway, that was a total digress from what I was actually saying. <laughs> no, I totally agree. And I think there, I, I hear this quite often, especially coming from men, when we talk about the disparity between women and men and the support that we get in sport, the ideas around that men are just more enjoyable to watch because they're better at sport, which 
just grinds my gears because I think there's so many sports. I would say every sport where women are better at things than men, you know, it might not be necessarily the kicking or the throwing, but it might be the way that they play. It might be more around their coordination. You know, I think, and the fact that they, that people would just say they prefer to watch men because that they, they, they're better at playing. I think that just is so unfair. Women just haven't even been given the chance to um, show that they are just as good as men, if not better in some sports. Definitely. And like what we do need to realize is that there are differences in physiology and women are still incredible athletes. And, you know, the best female athlete in the world would beat 99% of the men. So it's not like they're bad athletes just because they're not as strong or something of, of the 1% that's the best in the world. Yeah, it's just an excuse. And then when it comes to a sport like running or any sport where you are racing, Sometimes it's actually, and I'd say a lot of the time, it's actually more exciting to watch the women's race because I'd rather watch a women's race where there's 10 girls who are all racing similar times and at similar abilities and they're actually racing to race and to see who is the fastest versus watching a race, a men's race where we all know who's going to win. You know, it's the same man. I'm just thinking of an example. Say if we're going to watch Elia Kachogi race a marathon, we're pretty confident that Elliot's going to go out and win that marathon. Whereas if we watch a woman's race, like say if we watch the America's top female marathon runners race at the moment, it would be such an exciting race because they're all so close and you just don't know what's going to happen. So when people say like, it's actually more enjoyable to watch men because they're better at sport, that is just a cop out, I think, because I think women can just be just as exciting, if not more. Um, And it's about, you know, what actually how that, that that race or that competition is executed on the day by both genders. Definitely. And there's another thing to point out that women are actually better than men the longer the event goes. So endurance swimming, women are better than men. And the longer you run for, women can beat men. For example, Ruth Croft, she won the Tarawera Ultra outright, the 100K. She beat all the boys. And, you know, like when people say men are just physically stronger or better, that's not entirely true. They're not, you know, we, we can match up in certain aspects, like Lyd said before as well, but that endurance stuff, we're pretty damn good at it. Yeah. And then I guess when we're talking about the support for women, it really is stemmed from, I guess, traditionally media um, and, and traditional media. And we know now with social media, the best thing about social media is that it's given the power to the athletes individually and to the woman, and they're actually able to tell their own stories. But through traditional media, the coverage of women's sport is abysmal. It's so small and so sad. I think in New Zealand and Australia, it sits around 17% of sport coverage is actually on women's sport. Is that right, Yeah, I think it's 17 and then in the US it's 4%. It's disgusting. And we think about how much control the media has on people's opinions and ideas and passions and drive to pay attention to things. That is one of the main reasons why women's sport is behind men's sport when it comes to equality and when it comes to pay gaps um, and it comes to support because people just aren't aware of these incredible female athletes because the media is not putting them up there. So true. And you wonder why they've got more sponsors and more views (laughs) with that. I think a really good example is rugby in New Zealand. 
um, and apologies. Well, I guess Australians across across rugby as well, but we all know that New Zealand um, lives and breathes the sport of rugby. And I think growing up in New Zealand as a female athlete in a sport like athletics, which has very little support, it really did frustrate me, especially in my early 20s when I was, you know, trying to make running my career, seeing these rugby players who are literally playing for, you know, their town or their suburb or potentially their region, um, getting paid and getting supported to play when we are winning national titles and representing our country and getting absolutely nothing. Not only that, then you would actually see the rugby players out in the weekends, you know, partying and drinking and doing things that aren't actually helping their athletic ability or their career. Whereas when I was in my early 20s, I was doing everything I possibly could do to be a good runner and to be able to represent my country. And I think that media coverage really, really needs to change. What do you think we can do is to change it? Make people aware of it. So a lot of people probably don't even know that the media coverage is 17% for women and the media outlets, I guess, holding them more accountable. So one of the things that I've done with Athletics New Zealand is they do this weekly write-up every week and it's quite often, you know, it's about what's happened that week with running in New Zealand and pretty much 95% of the time, the men's stuff was covered first in a lot more detail with tons of information about who won, their past history. And then they'd go into a couple of sentences about the girls' race um, or the equivalent girls' race with nothing about her past, even if she was one of the, she was an athlete that's been to Commonwealth Games. Like they wouldn't comment on that. And I just saw it over and over and over and over and over again. And I got so annoyed that I emailed Athletics New Zealand and they've changed it. They still do it sometimes, but I pointed it out in like screenshots. And so I think like, if you're really, you know, you really do want to see change, we do need to speak out about it because otherwise, how are they even going to know that people notice this? So yeah, I would say like, hopefully bringing more awareness around it and calling calling it out when you see it. Yeah, I know I've got it also really good example of that when I raced in a 5k race a few years ago the night of fives which is meant to be women's and men's 5k races pinnacle events of the night and I was very fortunate to win that race and I was so excited just to read the write-up and to you know have the media article out there about the race the next day and I got to the article and started reading it and there was a like full second by second rundown of the men's race how it played out what the paces were who was leading at different times and the full results and there wasn't one mention or zero results posted about the women's race and I was just absolutely shocked I think a lot of us girls were shocked by that because this was I think in 2019 I want to say you know it's not that long ago we just were I thought we were living in an era where we were making a lot of progress in the space but obviously that highlighted to me there's so much work that needed to be done and yeah it's fortunate that we got a lot of girls behind it and we called it out to Athletics New Zealand and they did come back and change rewrite the article but even the journalist who wrote the article who was a man came back and said apologize for not mentioning the women's race but it was because he didn't watch the women's race which made it even worse because if you're writing it about an event you should be writing it about the women's and the men's race hence you should be watching both um so (laughs) that was pretty crazy and yeah definitely rattled me and I think shook a lot of us girls up and 
realized that we need to speak up and we actually needed to voice our ourselves our opinions out and what we actually deserve like I think a lot of women are and it's definitely not our fault it's you know the patriarchal system that we've grown up in and we just feel like we need to keep the men happy and make sure that um, we kind of sit down and be quiet and just do what society is telling us but we are at a time in our lives where we just need to if we don't speak up and make changes now, then there's going to be no change for the future generations of our sport and future generations of females. So we need to be able to encourage each other to have that voice and speak up and talk about when we do feel like we are being discouraged um, and that when we do feel like we're in an environment where which is unequal, make people aware because unfortunately, a lot of the time, I think men just are so unaware and so oblivious to it and they don't actually realize that anything is wrong and I actually watched this really good TED talk recently by a trans woman who had grown up as a man spent a lot of her life as a man went through her career as a man had the family got married and then realized that she wanted a trans to become a woman and so she had spent a lot of time in an environment being a man and realizing male privilege and now she's become a woman, she only now is realizing what that male privilege actually looks like. So not many people are going to ever experience being either a different gender or non-binary um, or trans, but until you've actually, I think, experienced both, will you purely understand what both feels like? And for men, they are privileged. And I think, although I don't want to put it back on women, I think there is a place for us to stand up and speak and educate men on how we do feel in different situations, because that is one of the only ways that I think change is going to happen when we can actually educate men on, on how women feel. What about some other experiences, Est? Like recently, I think we talk about how much progress we have made, especially since the 80s from when Steve was speaking in the um, Sunday Standard. But more recently, what other experiences have you faced? And there's been a lot in the media around gender inequality recently, which is really, I think, really good. I'm highlighting these issues, but I know there's been some races in New Zealand where unequal pay is still a thing. Yeah, there was one at the start of the season that we kicked up a stink about and someone said that they would cover the female difference and they never did, which I just, yeah, I still don't know why. And I probably should have contacted them and said that that was really stink. But yeah, there was another event as well that Lids and I both uh, went after probably, and I say went after because we kind of do, we go into like, how is this actually happening mode? Uh, so there was like an event that was meant to happen and it was I think maybe like five years ago four or five years ago and it was this uh, mile race down in uh, Whanganui and the men's race had ten thousand dollars prize money and the women's race had a thousand and then Lydia and I sort of started talking about it raising the issue and we got so much hate back because the event ended up getting cancelled but the event got cancelled because the event organizer got sick but a lot of these young boys blamed us and we got like actual hate from some of them, which, yeah, I mean, it's pretty sad that they blamed us for the event being canceled because we were trying to stand up for something that we see as completely unfair. And it wasn't even us that made it cancel. It was the guy getting sick. So it was just, yeah, that was, that was a terrible one. Like it, 
They're all terrible, but I mean, 10,000 versus 1,000 is laughable. And the thing that was the most frustrating is that there were some amazing, sorry, amazing Australian athletes coming over, some of the best best in Australia who had gone to Olympics and Commonwealth Games and like the caliber of the female race was comparable to the men. So yeah, I mean, that was really, really bad. And then uh, some other examples, probably like when I did one that comes to mind that still makes me laugh, but it's really annoying was when I did like a 5k park run and I'd seen like the times and I was like pretty confident that I would probably win it outright. And I, so I went up to the guy organizing it and said, can I have a a picture of the map, the map, the course map, because I don't know where to run. And he was like, oh, why would you need that? And I was like, oh, well, I'm not really sure like where to go. Uh, and I need to know where to go so that I can race. Cause it's not like fully marked out or anything. It's just like a fun run. And then, yeah. So he was like, oh, just follow, just follow the leading people. Just follow just who's follow leading. The boys. Yeah. Basically just follow the boys. And I was like, no, I still want to see the map, please. And I like demanded it off him. And then, you know, the race went off and I won by a minute and I walked past him and I sort of like, I don't know, just gave him this look of like shame, but also like, I hope you learn from this and don't just assume that a man will win. So those are probably some of them, the, the big ones. And then one other thing that annoys me is uh, men's race is always being the highlight of events you know, depending on whatever race it is, they're always the final race. And I think there was one race in Australia, the Zatapec 10K, where they put the women's race last, which was really cool to see. Uh, but yeah, 95 to 99% of the time, it's the men's race last. Yeah, and the last race, for those who don't know, is always the pinnacle race of the night to keep the audience around. So it's interesting that they still at most events will put men's race last so that because they think that that's what everybody wants to see when actually I think a lot of people want to watch the women's race and that could be the pinnacle definitely the pinnacle race of the night definitely I think in like we talk about globally what's happening around the world and some of the stuff that's going through like social media and media that story about the Canadian um, ice hockey team with the collectible cards that has come out recently and I think it was a young kid calling out the ice hockey team about why they aren't didn't have so many cards of women players and it was mostly made up of men players like I think things like that until someone calls it out and bless young children, they always speak the truth and are very honest. Um, until someone calls it out, do people actually turn around and ask like, why? Or like, oh yeah, why does that happen? Or like, why are men always highlighted on that? Or, you know, so I think we need more children to speak out, <laughs> but we also just need more people in general to speak out. And it's not just about like women standing up for women anymore. It's about men speaking and standing up for women and non-binary and non-binary speaking up for other people. And I think it all, you know, the idea of um, gender equity and putting us all in a place where we know that there's male privilege um, and we know that we are a step behind. So in order for us, as well as non-binary people to get up to the same sort of uh, position that men are at, they are going to have to lose out 
on some things. And unfortunately, a lot of men can't grasp with that. I can't understand that because it does sound like it's um, they're losing out on power. But unfortunately, that's the world we live in. That's the way the patriarchy has been built. And that's why we need change. And how the change is going to happen is that men are going to have to lose out to be able to allow non-binary and women come through and take some of that power to hopefully one day get to that point of gender equality. But I do unfortunately feel like it is quite far off. Definitely. There's a long way to go. So we want to end, I guess, around um, International Women's Day, which is really exciting. And I know we've spoken a lot about gender inequality um, and gender equity, and we're on this journey together. But we also want to celebrate just being women. And so what excites you about International Women's Day? Yes, I know um, there's a lot going on for us at Themi, but what personally excites you about being woman? Probably like the space for change. So obviously, like we just talked about how much needs to change. And then I guess being uh, part of that change or attempting to better the world is what excites me about being a woman at the moment. And like that opportunity to make it better for the young girls who are you know the next generation of young girls coming through if we can make the world a better place for them then that's what excites me about being a woman and then I guess just being part of Femi and being part of such an amazing group that builds each other up I think you know we've talked about it before we've both been in situations where we have felt like there's a competitive nature with the woman you're working with whereas like what we've created with Femi and the community and the girls we work with and uh, the athletes we train and everyone that's with us on this journey. It just seems to be such an empowering place and everyone has, I guess, the mindset of there being enough space for us all and like someone being better or doing better in their life betters your life. So I think, yeah, those are probably the two things that excite me the most about being a woman at the moment. What about you? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think I'm very excited about the opportunity. I think the opportunity to help women find a place that is equal to men is really exciting. But I think also the potential and opportunity that is going to come when women are, you know, in an equal environment as men. Like I think if we are given the opportunities that men are given in any industry, sporting, you know, if it's your career in a corporate environment, whatever it may be, if women are put on a pedestal like men are put on a pedestal and given the same opportunity, I am so excited to see women just absolutely flourish. I think men have this really innate confidence that has been built into them through the the patriarchy. And I think if women are given that opportunity to build that confidence and encourage that confidence, um, I think women have the ability to change the world so that really excites me I'm really excited for International Women's Day to celebrate women not just with women but with all genders and non-gendered people and I think the work that we're doing at FEMI is really exciting because we are creating a space where we can educate people on females not just female physiology but actually how we need to start speaking and encouraging confidence in women and building a mindset of strength and power and showing women they can do and be whatever they want they just have to believe in themselves so yeah we're very very appreciative and grateful for the space that we have created and we're just so excited for what the future is to bring 
for women, for FEMI, um, and actually for all genders. I think if we can create an environment where all genders are equal, um, it's going to help everybody. It's not just going to help women, it's going to help men and non-gender people too, because if we can hopefully take some of that pressure off men, um, I know we live in a world where men do feel a lot of pressure to be kind of that um, breadwinner and uh, to look after the family and be that support network in the household. But I think if women can kind of take some of that pressure and that power for, away from the men, it will allow men to live a bit more of a relaxed, healthy, happy, balanced life as well. So it's not just about building women up. It's about creating a space for everybody to live, yeah, really healthy lives. <laughs> Love it. I uh, So... We're just going to finish up with uh, letting you all know about some events coming up. Uh, so we've got an event in Auckland on International Women's Day next Tuesday. So basically we're going to meet at the usual spot, uh, which is Boy Cafe at 6.30 a.m. on International Women's Day. So the Tuesday next week, we'll go for a nice four to six K run together, nice and cruisy pace. Don't be scared if you don't feel like you're fit enough it doesn't matter uh, we will no- make sure no one gets left behind and then we'll all finish together and have a coffee on Femi so if you want to come come along on Tuesday bring your friends bring your mom bring whoever you want bring your boyfriends uh, all genders welcome and we'll go for a run and have a coffee together and then we also have an event happening in Melbourne so for those who are in Melbourne City come along to up their athletics on Tuesday the 8th of March at 6.30 a.m. We are going to go for a 5K cruisy run together and then we're putting on a breakfast for everybody. So if you are keen to join the Melbourne event, you will need to register. So we'll, we'll pop that in our show notes. You can just click through to our website and register for that event. But if you're in Auckland and you want to attend International Women's Day with Esther in Auckland, you do not need to register for that one. But thank you for joining us on episode 21. We actually, this is part one of two part series around gender equity and gender equality. So we are coming back to you next week with a group of incredible women to join us to further this conversation around gender equality in sports. So stay tuned for that one. It will be up next Friday. But in the meantime, if you want to hit us up, we are on Instagram at femi.co or you can head to our website, femi.co. Thank you and we'll chat to you next week.